the Lord. Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, before we get into the message this afternoon, I'd just like us to read Psalm 19. So if you've got your Bible, we can read together Psalm 19. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and the ends of the world to them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven, and his circuit to the ends of it, and there's nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord, or the word of God, is perfect, it converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing, the heart, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes, and the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever, and the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in the keeping of them there is a great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults, and keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins, and let them not have dominion over him. me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent." From the great transgression, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. What a psalm that is, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that wonderful? Do you know, um, and I mentioned this, that when General Booth was leaving this earth and he was praying and he was disturbed about the church, And as I mentioned, I think, before, he said he was concerned that the church would have forgiveness of sins and not repentance, of salvation without regeneration, of Christianity with no Christ, and a church without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I believe the Lord is calling us to a new day, and a new generation where we're going to have it all. We need the power and the presence. We need repentance. We need regeneration. We need everything that's in the gospel to be recovered so that we experience it in our lives, in 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 our whole life that we live, so that we rise up to the level that God wants us to be. You know, I'm going to read in a moment from 
Um, Numbers 14, I think it is. No, Numbers, um, Numbers 13 first. And, you know, when we think about the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation, we see a progressive revelation of the Gospel. It's unfolding. Grace is unfolding. It starts like a seed, and suddenly this seed is taken over the whole world, earth, and universe. Of course, that seed is Christ. And when we consider, we look at this, and we see how God started with one man, Abram, who became Abraham, one family, one nation, and then it's every nation can come in, isn't it? We're right in. But, you know, as we look at the Word of God and we look, say, at certain things, and I think we said this, and I think Paul has said this, and I've said this too before, that this statement, that grace supplies, love gives, but it is faith that takes. You can have the supply... And you can have the gift, but if you don't have faith, you don't receive it. Think of that now. This is where faith is so important. And how do we get faith? Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing comes by what? The word of God. So that's how important the word of God is. Whatever your need is, where you're sitting in your seat today, your need has already been supplied because Father God has supplied it. The Lord has given it in his love, but it's only faith that's going to take it, isn't it? You know, and there's an incident here where this in Numbers 13 where we have the account of the Lord saying to Moses in, 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 in Numbers 13.1, he says, Send thou men that they may search out this land of Canaan. Now Canaan in type and shadow is the glorious provision of the gospel. Every good thing was in Canaan. These people were living in a church in the wilderness with just enough, but over Jordan... And in that land was more than enough. Everything you could think of was an economy that God had planned for his seed to enjoy. And yet, he's sending... I I remember a preacher saying, I don't think uh, Moses was right to send 12 spies in (laughs) to Canaan. Why didn't they just go in? Well, it says here, the Lord said to Moses... Send, spend. <laughs> you have to do what the Lord says, don't you? And these 12 spies go in, as we read, and we're given all their names, these 12 heads of these 12 tribes. And if you notice in verse 8, of the tribe of Ephraim, it says, Oshia, the son of Nun, was the head of that tribe. But you read in verse 16, that Moses called Oshia, the son of Nun, 
he gave him a new name. And that was Joshua. And Joshua means Jesus. And you know, when you look at the, as you read this, and I won't read it all for the sake of time, because, um, but you can read it, and these people go in, and we read this, and it says in verse 27, and they told him and said, we came into this land whither you sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. And, you know, and they came in with this massive bunch of grapes, you know, looked like oranges on a stick, you know. And, and uh, nevertheless, the people that be strong in that land, the cities of war and great, and it said to talks about these people. And, uh, and very great. And more we saw these children of Anak and Amalekites and the Jebusites and all these ites. And killed, and, and, uh, but the people that went up with them said in verse 31, we be not able to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we. Do you know that some people, they believe that God can do anything. That God has got all power. And he can just do anything. Well, you know, that's great. But can he do something for you? And can he do something for me in my need? As we said, it's faith that takes. Isn't it? It can all be there, but if you haven't got faith, you don't get hold of it. It doesn't become yours. And you can look at your Canaan, and instead of looking at what God has said, you look up the circumstances of what the Canaan of all the things in your world are saying to you. In other words, you're not, as we learn from Jesus in Mark eleven twenty to 24, you're not speaking to your circumstances, your mountain. The mountain is speaking to you. Isn't it? You see, and this is what happened with these people. And he said, we be not able. And this is what God said. They brought up an evil report. See, if God says something good to you, and the gospel is good news. Think about John 10.10. 10. It says, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But there's an evil one. There's a devil who comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy well, why should you let the devil steal your inheritance? Why should you let the devil steal off of your healing, your prosperity, your blessing, the empowerment, the anointing on your life? Why are you going to let the enemy take off you what has been purchased with the blood of Jesus? You've got to be stand up and be counted. You've got to be a Caleb. And you've got to be a Joshua. They said in this chapter, we'd be well able to take this, this land. These people are bread for us. We're going to eat them. And that's what faith says. Faith says all things are possible to him that believeth. But how do you believe? How do you do this stuff? Well, you know, we live in a church that can tell you all sorts of stuff and nonsense, unfortunately. 
it's all passed away, or it's not for today, or you can't have it, or whatever, you know. Uh, you know, my grandmother was in the revivals in India. She met all the early revivals, Smith Wigglesworth, T.B. Barrett, and them all. And, and she saw the power of God. And, and Smith Wigglesworth said, healing is in the atonement. But the Pentecostals say today, healing is not in the atonement. Well, how can it be taken out if it was already there? You know, all these questions, you see, doubt, unbelief is coming to the church when we should be holding fast to the confession of our faith in order that we might be able to bless people and get them delivered and set free and healed with the power of God. Isn't that right? You see, now... There is, as, you, as you follow this through in numbers, and I realize we're only limited for time, we, you begin to realize that <laughs> you've got a situation where ten rulers say we cannot enter this land, and only two. So the majority have stopped these people entering the land. And he says they had an evil report. And these ten died as soon as they'd said it of the plague. I don't want to have an evil heart of unbelief that doesn't believe what the gospel says. I want to believe what it says. Don't you? No matter what the doubts come at me, Satan will fire darts at you of doubt. He will challenge you. He'll say, that's too difficult for you. You're too old. Look here, faith, the God kind of faith, doesn't know age. The God kind of faith doesn't matter whether it's a headache or cancer. Faith doesn't see any difference between a headache and cancer. It's all been dealt with on the cross 2,000 years ago. With his stripes, you were healed. I was healed. And if I were healed, I am healed. But I've got to believe it. You know, love surprise is we said, what is that statement? I can never remember it till I uh, <laughs> read it. Grace supplies. Love gives, but it's only faith that takes. Now, when I'm in need, I've got to find faith. You've got to find faith. And it's in a person. It's in Jesus. It's in Jesus. It's in Jesus. You know, salvation comes unconditional. But when you get salvation, there are conditions. Because you're in a covenant. Oh, yes. Every Sunday we take the bread and wine. That's reminding me it's the blood and body of Jesus that's purchased my redemption. I'm in a covenant, it's my part to do my part, to cooperate with what God says. Well, we find that this man, who was of the tribe of Benjamin, that nun was a tribe of Benjamin, Ephraim was ben, a Benjamin's son, wasn't it? He was Oshia, he became a Joshua. Well, you might be an Oshia at the moment, but God wants to make you into a Joshua. So that you start seeing things different. 
you had an old way, but now you've got a new way. <laughs> and thank God, I don't want to be mixed up with the evil report. I want to be mixed up with Caleb and Joshua said, we are well able. Don't let the enemy intimidate you. Wall cities, giants, all this. Read what God said to Read what God said to Abraham. You've got to know the word of God, see. They've forgotten what God said to Abraham. This is what God said to Abraham. In Genesis 15, he said unto Abraham, Surely I know of a surety that your seed shall be a stranger in a land that's not theirs. And they shall serve them. And they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they serve will, be, will I judge and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. Well, that is a miracle. If they had understood what had happened to them in their salvation out of Egypt, and if you understand how God has saved you, don't you think that you can inherit because he saved you out of your bondage into every blessing of your Canaan type that you can have in Christ. Don't you believe it? I do. I believe it. I don't care what I feel like. I don't care what it looks like. The word of God says it, so I believe it. I say it. I speak it. I walk it out. And I lift up my hands and I say, Thank you, Lord, for this so great a salvation. I believe in what you said, and I'm going to walk in it, and I don't care what I feel like, I'm going to possess it. Faith takes. It takes it. It's on the table. I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. You can take it. It's on the table. You can have it. And Joshua got his name changed. And out of all the people that we're in that tribe. And if you read this, and, you know, it's, it got pretty sticky with these people. They got murmuring, complaining, and calling God everything, and let us go back to Egypt, and all this nonsense. But Joshua, who was Oshia, was not amongst those complaining, murmuring bunch. <laughs> he was in the tabernacle with Moses. Now, I want to be in the temple of God with the Holy Spirit. Do you? Where do you want to live? In the mixed multitude of the moaners and the complainers, or are you going to live in the house of God? Do you know what the Lord said to me? I, I, was, I was starting to get a bit upset about something, and the Lord said to me, you see, you need to stop looking at this and start looking at me. Look at me. Keep looking at me. If you can keep looking at me, everything will change. I said, Lord, help me. And I began, as I began to study this, you, you, you get on the next thing, and, and it says, um, if we turn over to numbers, the Lord can help me get this out. I don't know, I'm asking the Holy Spirit so that you get this. But this is what it says in Numbers 20, because these people have been complaining now, and I think we read some of this, somebody did, in um, Clevedon. And now, 
they're coming to the end of this journey now of 40 years. They've been, you know. See, it's one thing to come out, but it's quite another thing to go in. Isn't it? Read Hebrews. Read 1 Corinthians, or was it 10 or 2 Corinthians? 10. Just get this. And, this, and I think this is the word I think the Lord wants you to get. This is it. It's in Numbers 20, verse 7. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the rod and gather this a people and speak to the rock. You can't have anything more the hard place than a rock. Can you? A rock. You just look at it. And if somebody said to you, and God is saying to Moses, you speak to that rock and water come out. That's not normal, is it? This is supernatural. The gospel is supernatural. <laughs> the whole of this gospel reading about these people is supernatural. Everything Jesus did is spiritual and supernatural. We have a gospel that has got power in it. It's got the word of God in it. And if you believe it, it works. Isn't it? You know, I'm challenged all the time. I'm, I'm in my 70s now, and I get up some days, and I think, what's wrong with me? And the Lord says to me, you walk by faith and not by sight. We're not justified by feelings. We're justified by faith, aren't we? Don't you give in to what you feel. You get in this word and get hold of this and you'll get a word in your spirit, you'll get it in your heart and as soon as it comes out of your mouth, it's going to come out as powerful as the word of God is. It's, what is the word of God? It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword <laughs> dividing asunder the flesh from your spirit. It gets rid of your flesh carnality that thinks this instead of thinking like God thinks. That's what the word of God does. Isn't that wonderful? It's tremendous. Though he goes there and he says to Moses, speak to this rock and, and, um, and it shall give forth its water. And Moses took the rod and Moses and then gathered people together before the rock, and he said, here now, you rebels. He got so worked up with his people, <laughs> they completely wound him up. He shouldn't have said that, but he did. And he said, and Moses lifted up and smote the rock, and God said to him, the Lord speak to Moses and Aaron, because you believe me not to what? Sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring these people, well, you know, a lot of people have said about Moses and judged him for this. I wouldn't judge him because he entered heaven. <laughs> he went up the mountain, nobody buried him, and he appears on the Mount of Transfiguration. You know, people in the church can really wind you up, you know. You've just got to keep walking by faith. And this is the point, you see. I'm coming to see that we want to be part of a generation this is not the past, but is now in the future. And this is no longer relying upon a rod, but it's relying upon what you say. The Joshua generation is the generation that believes with the heart 
and speaks with the mouth. And this is what's so important. We've got to get hold of. And it says, um, and, and as, you, as you begin to read this, you begin to see, this is what it says in 2 Corinthians 4.13. 2 Corinthians 4.13. Paul is speaking to the church here and he says, Well, if you start at verse 7, he says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power be of God and not of us. He says, Yes, we are troubled on every side, distressed, we are perplexed, but we're not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, not destroying, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that what? The life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also that Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. And then he makes this big statement. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. There is the secret. You see, when, when, when the prophet was prophesying of this, the minor prophets were prophesying this in Zechariah 4, and they were prophesying of the grace that should come. He says, uh, it says um, in Zechariah 4, it says this, in Zechariah 4, 6, it says, Then he answered and spake, and this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my Spirit of the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? It shall become a plain, and it shall bring forth the headstones, with shoutings, crying, grace, grace to it. What did Jesus, this is prophesying what Jesus would come and say, and Jesus says in Matthew, in Mark 11, 20 to 24, what does Jesus say? He says these remarkable words. He says, Jesus answering said, have faith in God. Or have the faith kind of, the God kind of faith. For verily I say to you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he has said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says, therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. 
Big statement, this, isn't it? This is really where the rubber hits the road with you and I, is where is your faith? Where is my faith? What is my faith in? Is it in Jesus and his words? Is it in this gospel, or is it, am I going to be like those ten spies and look at all my problems, and look at all my difficulties, and look at all these things, or am I going to get into this word, and I'm going to get an understanding that this word is so powerful, it can remove my mountain. This is the challenge, isn't it, for the church, challenge for us to believe. But what is the secret of this? Well, if you think about Joshua now, he gets his name changed and he gets called into the house, Moses' house, Moses' tabernacle. You remember when they, they had the golden calf and all this business happened and, uh, and Moses took the tabernacle outside the camp because he was so disgusted with them and he took somebody with him and that's Joshua. And so Joshua was trained for 40 years with Moses. And it says that Moses put his hand on him and he received this anointing. And Joshua goes out and he's standing now before Jericho. For sake of time, I won't look it all up. And he doesn't know, have a clue how to defeat Jericho. 24 feet thick walls, not a very big place really, in, you know, in modern day terms, but it was a, a strong place. He hasn't got a clue. And then he sees this man with a drawn sword. And he says, are you an enemy or friend? And this man says, I am the captain of the Lord of hosts. Well, everything changes when you meet the captain of the Lord of hosts. And he says to him, well, this is how you defeat this city. And Joshua doesn't question it. He just does it. He just obeys God. And you know, sometimes God will give you a word and you think, marching around walls? Marching around walls? Seven, on the seventh day, march around seven times and then blow the trumpet and, and these walls are going to come down? Look, if we could grasp that this word created everything, This word has regenerated me. This word has quickened me. This word has healed me on I don't know how many occasions. This word, this gospel works. But can I believe it? Can I have faith? Well, what is the secret of Joshua's faith? This is the secret that you and I have got to get hold of. And I want to tell you what the Lord said to me, because I'm being exercised by this. And the Lord said to me, do you want me visiting your house? Or do you want me, or do you, I, or would you rather come and live in my house? Yeah, this is the question you have got to answer and I have got to answer. It's where you're living. 
will affect your faith. Yeah. Where are you living spiritually? You know, what does Psalm 91 say? The famous, the famous Psalm? He that what? Dwelleth. It doesn't say visit. It doesn't say visit. It says he that dwelleth. Amen. Do you know that I'm part of the household of faith? What a privilege that I have been given to live in God's house. But am I willing to dwell there? Am I willing to live there? Or do I want to go on my little trips on my own somewhere? And be absent? This is 24-7, this is. This is challenging me. Faith is a lifestyle. If you want the God kind of faith, and you want to be able to have it in your heart, and speak it out of your mouth, you're going to have to live in the house. You're going to have to dwell. He that, what is John 15 said? 15 say, my father is the husbandman, and I am the vine. And you're a branch on the vine. We're connected to Christ. What did we read in, in Corinthians about that verse? What Paul is saying, he's always bearing about in his body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Christ might be manifest in his body. How in the world could Paul survive beatings, whippings, shipwrecks? How could he ever have survived all that? Because he had the power of God in his life. Because he dwelt in the house. This faith came at a great price for me and you. It cost the body and blood of Jesus. It cost him everything he had in his humanity. He laid down his life for you and me. Will you give your life to make him Lord? This is not easy, is it? You'll go back from here and you say, this is my life. I want to live it like I want to live it. No, you can't. If you want the God kind of faith, you can't do that. No, you can't have it. You can't have one hand in one pie and another one in another one. It don't work. It's time for a new generation that are sold out to Jesus. That everywhere you walk, you wake up with Jesus. You walk with Jesus. You talk with Jesus. And you can feel his presence. Can you feel his presence all the time? And that presence is tremendous. Why? Because you've got a security guard with you as well. You've got the Lord of hosts and all his hosts. You've got the whole angelic beings with you. 
Because you're walking by faith. There's a highway, Isaiah said. There's a new and living way, Paul says in Hebrews. But what are you on? Are you on some dead old religious way? Where you sit in some old dead meeting and listen to funeral hymns? Or are you gathering together with people that lift up their hands and shout and praise God? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And say, this is the house of gladness. This is the house of joy. This is the house of deliverance. This is the house of healing. This is the house where God reigns. The Holy Ghost reigns. I'm going to be in God's house. Oh, glory. It's exciting. Jesus is exciting. Oh, yes. Where Jesus is, it's wonderful. <laughs> no, he's not dead. He's alive. Amen. No, he's not dead. He's alive. He's alive. <laughs> and he's alive forevermore. Amen. And thank God, Hebrews tells me, he ever lives to make intercession for me. But where are you living? <sighs> where are you living? Some of you have got to move a little closer. You've got to move a little closer. (laughs) You've got to say, I'm getting my stuff, Lord, and I move into your house. I move into your house. No more visits. (laughs) No more visits. I'm going to live in the house. Are you? I'm going to. I get thoughts when I feel I want to go off on my own. You know, if one of Noah's bunch said, I've had enough of being on this ark, I think I'll go for a swim. (laughs) I don't think it would have been a good idea. (laughs) There are some people in the church, the ark is the picture of the church, and they think, I've had enough of this, I'll go for a swim. You never see them again. They're likely never to be seen again. (laughs) No. This is serious stuff, isn't it? This is life and death. Moses said to those people, you choose this day whom you'll serve. Before he died. And read it. Oh, I tell you. This gets hold of you. This grips you. This puts something on your life. You're not your own. You're in the service of the king. We're, we're, you know, some people are in the diplomatic service. Well, we're in the diplomatic service of heaven. God is calling you to be in his service. You can't do what you like in the diplomatic service. If they send you to jolly uh, Egypt, you have to go there. And we're in the diplomatic service. Yeah. Will you be a Joshua? Did Joshua ever lose one battle? Never. It was a new generation. No more rod. It was the mouth. Speak it. What is salvation come through? You believe it in your heart and you confess it with your mouth. Joshua pointed at the sun and he said, Stand still. That's why we've got another day. It stood still for a whole day. 
Can you imagine that? The power of the word of God stopped everything going round in the universe. One word. This is how he did it. We need to get in the academy of faith with Jesus. We need to sit down in the morning and say, well, Jesus, what can you tell me today? What can you teach me today? I'm learning. Are you learning? I don't make it all the time, but I'm learning. I'm in the academy of faith. And you can be. Don't look at your problems. No navel gazing. Don't talk about your problems. Don't talk about whether what organs not working. No, no, no. Don't rehearse what the enemy is doing to you. You get in the Word of God, and you look at Jesus, Amen. and you see all power. You see Him on the cross. You see Him embalmed. You see Him going into the grave. And then, like Mary, there's a lot of people around looking for Jesus, but He's risen. He's alive. He's here with us. He says, where two or three are, I'm in the midst. So Jesus is here. He's walking up and down these aisles. Jesus is here now. And his angels. So all you've got to do is believe. What does this statement say? Grace supplies. Love gives. But faith takes. You're going to have to wait sometimes in the presence of God to get a word from God. And that word that comes from God, from the Lord Jesus Christ, your high priest, and you get that word and you believe it and obey it, it will change whatever you need in your life. It will bring change. The word of God does not fail. This gospel works. Can you believe it? I want you to believe it. I want you to receive it. But you're going to have to learn to live in the presence of God. This is the challenge you face when you go back. Can you abide in the house? Can you live in the house and not visit the house? You know, that, that picture in Revelation, Jesus knocking at the door of people's houses, of a person's house. You know, when Jesus is speaking to those seven churches, he said to them, if you don't repent, I'm going to remove the candlestick. I'm going to take the power and the presence of God out of you, church. You know, when we think of Hannah, when we think of Eli and his sons, and we've got a church like Eli and his sons today. Sorry to tell you, but there was a woman of faith, and her name was Hannah, and she put a little boy in the temple, in the tabernacle. And because he lived in the tabernacle, he heard God. And if you live in the temple, and you become a temple, you will hear God.
And faith cometh what? By hearing. And if you can hear God and believe it, what a change. Oh, glory. Oh, Jesus. Help us. Help us to take our place. Help us to be servants. Help us to be servants. Do you know, it says in, in Hebrews, this is what Paul says in Hebrews. What does he say? What a wonderful book Hebrews is. In Hebrews 3 it says, And Moses, verse 5, Verily was faithful in all his house as what? A servant. Are you willing to be a servant? A great preacher in the last century said, If you can be a servant in the house of God, 50% of your problems are over. Don't worry what people say about you. Don't listen to what people think about you. They'll criticize you. They'll judge you. Forget it. Just serve Jesus. Just serve Jesus. Serve him with all the strength you've got, like Moses. And he says he was faithful in all his house. But, he says... Christ as a son over his own house, Paul says, whose house we are. Are you a Christ's house? He says, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we what? Hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope Firm unto the end. And then here comes the warning. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost says, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness, when the Father is tempting me, proved me and saw my works forty. I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart. They have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath. They shall not enter into my rest. Then he says, take heed. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from what? The living God. There are a lot of gods out there that want you to bow down and worship them. You know, I used to love sport. I was good at sport. And now when I look at the sport, it worries me. It's almost like idolatry. I think, my goodness me, these people, you know, in Wales, rugby's worshipped. I just have to turn it off. Why? Because I worship Jesus. You know, the enemy will take you away with anything. He will. You get your attention on anything. He says, take heed lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief. So what is it the enemy uses against you to stop you living in the house? What is this? What is causes people to go away because they listen to the enemy. 
Jesus says, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, but there's a devil, he says, that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. And you know, when you think about those Israelites, they never entered into their provision. They never entered their blessed land of Canaan. Do you not want to? You know, Henry was always on about this. Enter in. A lot of people, he didn't explain nothing. That was the problem. But this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Because we read that when Joshua saw the captain of the Lord of hosts, well, before he met captain of the Lord of hosts, he, if you read it, in, you can read it in numbers for the sake of time. I won't read it all. And this is the journey you're on. The Lord said to me, you belong to a new generation that speaks the word of God, believes it in his heart, speaks the word of God, and sees that word performed. And this is what Joshua did. And we know, he told Joshua, you put the ark into Jordan, and they put the ark in the flood tide of Jordan to cross over to meet Jericho, and the waters parted like that. And they crossed over in dry land and they went to Gilgal. And what happened to them in Gilgal? They got the knives out. And they were circumcised. That's why I read to you Psalm 19. Because Psalm 19 says to you that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. You have to keep the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart. And you can only do that with the word of God because this is the sword of the spirit that circumcises, not the foreskin, but the heart. It gets unbelief out of your heart. You can see the plan of God in the word of God suddenly the Holy Spirit will open your eyes like he opened Caleb and Joshua's eyes not to believe they were too strong for them but Caleb and Joshua said they are bread for us we can eat them well how is it that two people can look at the same thing and come to a different conclusion because one's got faith and one hasn't and this is the problem you have to Understand that man does not live, Jesus said, by bread alone, but by every word. It's this word. As I said to you and Peter, but read the whole epistle. Read the whole thing. And keep reading it until suddenly Jesus steps out of the pages. And he starts to minister to you because he is the great minister. You know, we look to men, I'm not against any man, but you do know that you, when you can grasp that God has called you to serve in his house, and that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, and that Christ lives in you, and you live in his house, your attitude's going to change. You don't look at things the same, because you've got Jesus. Jesus is with you. The Holy Ghost is with you. And you're walking with this person, Christ in you, Paul said. The hope of glory. And this is where you're going to change. And you will be changed. 
from one degree of glory to another. And the things that bothered you in your life will begin to fall off. You will change. Things that you were tempted with will fall off. Why? Because you're looking at Jesus. You can do it. I believe this is a new day. Put your rod away of judgment. Too much judgment. Put your rod away of judgment. And speak words of grace. What do the prophets say? Cry grace. Grace to the mountain. The word of God, the gospel, is a gospel of grace. Isn't it? Isn't it a gospel of grace? As the old Puritan said, the old Puritan preacher said, and it leads to the glory. It leads to the glory. What did the wilderness have? It had bread from heaven and water. And the shoes didn't wear out and the clothes didn't wear out. Pretty boring. And religion and some people are boring. Religion is boring. Yes. Isn't it? Some of the sermons I've heard in the chapels were are boring. <laughs> really boring. You've got to take your, a notebook with you and, 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 and a Bible and start reading the Bible while they're preaching because it's so boring. <laughs> no, what, what Jesus gives you is life. <laughs> It's wonderful. Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you. I don't want to keep you too long, but I know this, that I'm probably getting my point across. Can you do this? <laughs> I'm going to do this. But you'll have to deal with yourself. As I said in um, Peterborough, you're going to have to speak to yourself because yourself is going to be rebel against this. Yourself is going to say, well, I've always done it this way. Well, now it's going to change. No rod of judgment is now speaking words of grace. When you feel like criticizing somebody, stop it. When you feel like judging them, stop it. Just pray for them. <laughs> Look, I, I know what I've been through. I know what I was, and I know I haven't arrived yet, but... I know God's changed me. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. The miracle power of God. You ask Irene, my wife, what she married when she married me. Yeah. Saint Irene, I call her. But God has got a way of dealing with the Jacob in you. They're taking the twist out of you. And straightening you out. He can straighten you out. As R.T. Kendall says, when you come into the household of faith, he said there are five levels of chastening. And he said it's better to take the first level because the levels get worse. <laughs> I've been through some of the treatment, I can tell you. But it's better to dwell in the house than dwell in the house of wickedness. I wouldn't be alive today. 
I wouldn't be alive. Not at my age. I'd have gone a long time ago. But I'm kept by the power of God. And you can be kept by the power of God. If you will cooperate and become a servant in the house of God, you can do it. The enemy will test you, yeah, as we read there. The provocation will come because you live in a wilderness which is called the world. And this world will throw everything at you and the devil will try and stop you and he'll throw everything at you, the kitchen sink at you. But you can overcome. What do you say? They overcome. How? By the blood of the Lamb. And what? The word of our testimony. Are you going to be a Joshua generation and lay down this rod of judgment and speak the gospel, which is a gospel of grace? <laughs> and it will work. <laughs> it works. It is. It's wonderful. It's a tremendous thing that you have the good news is coming to you. I'm going to believe it, are you? Hallelujah. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. I was talking to this person recently before coming away and she said, the enemy has put so much pressure on my life and I'm saying the wrong things. I said, repent. Provocation. But you can repent. And get under the blood of Jesus. It was Psalm 19. David the psalmist knew. Why was he a man after God's own heart? He wasn't a perfect man. He wasn't a perfect... He was a wonderful soldier. A wonderful king. But he wasn't a great family man. But he honoured the presence of God. And he honoured God. And he was a man after God's own heart. And what does it say in that Psalm 19? I tell you. You have to keep your heart with all diligence. Who can understand his errors? Yeah, you're not going to arrive there overnight. You're going to have things that come up, crop up in your life that did, you didn't even know that were there. You didn't even know they were there because you're growing. And your Father God is putting up with it. But there's going to come a time when you grow a bit more, he's going to say, stop that. You can grow out of that. Cleanse me from what? Secret faults. Only you know them. You might like good to everybody else, but there's something in you that's stopping your faith working. Secret faults. You know. And this is what David says. Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Don't let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be upright. And innocent. And then he says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I tell you, I have to be so careful 
you have to look at yourself objectively and the Holy Spirit will come and as David the psalmist said the fear of the Lord is clean and he says more to be desired are they than gold yea than much fine gold and sweeter than the honeycomb that's the word of God it's so precious it's so wonderful because when you believe it it becomes the anointed word it becomes the quick and powerful word that works. Well, what is your need this afternoon? Jesus can meet your need. But you've got to have faith to take it. And God will bring you, as you wait upon him, to a place of faith. And what seems so impossible to you, when you get faith, your eyes open. Your ears open and you say, I can take it. Because I can see it. It's wonderful. Jesus is a wonderful person. (laughs) Oh, I tell you. He's wonderful. He's learning the ways of God. He's learning to be in his presence. You know, uh, as... The statement says, we live life forward, but we understand life backwards. I can see now why I've been through what I've been through to get me to the place of faith. And if I hadn't been what I've been through, I wouldn't be in the place of faith. But my flesh says, oh, but look at the loss you had. And look where you could have been in your career, and look at the houses you could have had. And then, But I wouldn't have had faith. Faith. What does the psalmist said? It's much more desired than gold, than fine gold. Why? Because your faith is going to take you from earth to glory. It's going to take you out of time into eternity, and you're going to live forever. Jesus is coming. There's a new heaven and a new earth coming. And you're going to be living forever in the glory of God. If you can see it, you'll go for it. If you can see this city, four square, it's coming down from heaven. Connie used to sing about it. She used to sing about the new Jerusalem. You know, some people think they're going to build an old temple on the mount down there. Oh, no, 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 no. Now Jesus has got rid of that. He said, I'll destroy it in three days and rebuild it. And you're the stones, you're the living stones. And we're going to be the temple of God. The new Jerusalem's coming down. And we're going to be part of it. Isn't it wonderful? Hallelujah. But you see, this is the problem. Somebody said the church is confused between activity and life. You've got to have life. before you can actively do what God wants. Why does Jesus say in the Sermon on the Mount, I never knew you. Oh, but they said, we've done this, and we've done that, and we've done the other. But do you know what the Lord said to me? They weren't living in my house. They weren't serving me in my house. 
he was saving me in their own house. Yeah, that came to me as a bit of revelation. Because I've always wondered about that statement. But we belong to Mount Zion. Do you belong to Mount Zion? I mean, you come here or you go there, but really, we come to Mount Zion. What does Hebrews 12 say? Hebrews 12 says we're part of a heavenly company. Are you in God's house? Hallelujah. We're part of God's of God's house. But you have come, verse 22, to what? Mount Zion. The city of what? The living God. The what? The earthly Jerusalem? No. The heavenly Jerusalem. To what? An innumerable company of angels. To the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, written in heaven, to God, the judge of all, and the spirits of just men made perfect. And to who? To Jesus. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) The mediator of the new covenant, to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. And you can read it and read it and read it. We'd be here all day. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Oh. Praise the Lord. Lord, help us. Help us, your people, (laughs) to take (laughs) by faith (laughs) what you have provided for us. That's such a big cost. It, wouldn't it be an absolute tragedy if you didn't take what God has provided for you to meet every need that you've got? And the word of God says every need that you've got has been supplied according to what? His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So here's the secret. Will you live in God's house? Mount Zion. Everything's in God's house. Every need that you've got is already provided in God's house. But will you live there? Will you get rid of all your baggage and just move in with Jesus? Oh, Lord, we thank you today, Lord. We pray, Holy Spirit, do you help us, your people, that you'll open eyes and open ears, Lord, to see the wonder and the glory of your house. Lord, we've seen what's happened to people who haven't, who jumped ship who've jumped out of the ark and tried to swim their own way in life. But God has got a new creation. God has got a new generation. And he's calling you to be part of this new calling. To be part of a people that believe in the heart and speak with their mouth. They're going to lay down the rod of judgment And they're going to take up the word of God and speak to their mountains. And those mountains are going to be removed and they're going to be cast into the sea.
Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. You have supplied all this. Your son has provided it all. And by faith, Lord, we're going to take it now in Jesus' name. We take it by faith. We take it, whatever the need is in this congregation, Lord. We pray that take it by faith. They learn to live in the house, to hear the word of God like Samuel. And what a change came. Not one of his words fell to the ground. Samuel, can you be a Samuel? Can you live in the house and hear what God is saying? The spirit and the bride say, come. He's calling you to lay down your life and take up his life. He's taking you to have a complete conversion, a complete change, where you were going one way and now you're going Christ's way. You're on the highway of faith that leads to glory. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Jesus is wonderful. Thank you, Jesus.